podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And folks, we start today on a sad note. There is a statement on the club website. It is with great regret that Liverpool Football Club can confirm that a supporter who was taken ill ahead of last night's fixture against Benfica has sadly passed away. A club spokesperson said, First and foremost, the condolences and the thoughts of everybody at the club are with the supporters' family, loved one and friends. We would like to thank the emergency services for their heroic efforts in providing urgent care and our appreciation to our medical professionals, stewards and all supporters in the vicinity of the incident for their assistance. So that is desperately sad news to take away from last night's game. And we can only send our thoughts and our prayers to the family of the person who has passed away. No name has been released yet. Obviously, there's family members to be made aware of the situation before anything like that can be done. And you have to respect the privacy of the family and friends of this person. So rest in peace to you. Um, Moving on then to last night's game itself, which was a 3-3 draw with Benfica. And... uh, Bizarre sort of game. It, it, it didn't really make sense in a lot of ways. Klopp heavily rotated, went with Alisson, Gomez, Matip, Kanate and Simicus. Naby Keita joined by Milderson in midfield. And then you had Luis Diaz on the right, Bobby Firmino through the middle, and Diogo Jota off the left up front. Uh, we went one up through Ibu Kanate on 21 minutes, a great corner from Costa Simicus. Ibu jumped and then hilariously was actually almost landed again as he met the ball, the ball and headed it home. Very poor effort from Nicholas Otamendi to try and deal with it, but he's 5'9", 5'10", and Ibu is 6'4". So it was really a lost cause to begin with. But Ibu gets his second goal for the club. He would probably like to play Benfica every single time. They equalised on 32 minutes. There's a little bit of lazy work in midfield. Then James Milner comes in, tries to win a tackle. The ball goes to the only place that we didn't want it to go, which was Gonzalo Ramos, who had drifted offside, but because the ball came from Milner, he was onside and he finished well, to his credit, past Alison Becker. We had some good chances. They looked threatening. They had the ball in the net with Darwin Nunes. Brilliant finish, but he had been offside. 
we score next, Bobby Firmino. It is calamitous work from Benfica. It starts with a brilliant bit of work from Naby Keita, puts Luis Diaz through his touches a bit heavy. Keeper comes out, God knows what he was doing, ball squirms free. Vertonghen has all the time in the world and just hikes it with his right foot blindly into what's his right back channel. Diogo Jota is completely unmarked. He snatches at it, sends it across the box, and Bobby Firmino taps home. Very, very simple goal for Bobby. He couldn't have asked for a better present on the day. Bobby himself again, making a 3-1 10 minutes later. Brilliant cross by Costas Simicus. Absolutely brilliant cross by Costas. And a great volley by Bobby to wrap the, the scoring up for the Reds. Between the second and third goals, Klopp had made three substitutions. He brought Fabinho on for Henderson. He brought Thiago on for Milner. And he brought Salah on for Jota. And we did look rampant when those subs were made. We looked really, really rampant. And I think if it wasn't for the fact that everybody seemed to be trying to get Bobby his hat-trick goal, I think we probably would have scored a couple more. We brought on Sadio for Diaz after the second, after our third goal. They brought on Jean-Mario for Adel Tarapt. And they started to look more lively. And Yoramchuk made it 3-2 on 73 minutes. Initially, it was ruled offside. But Joe Gomez was about a yard and a half behind the rest of the defensive line. Played Yoramchuk on. He went round Allison, who seemed to think it was offside. And he slotted home. And they seemed to get a bit of life into them at that point, whereas we just seemed to be very much in the mood of, well, we're three goals up on aggregate. You're not scoring three more, so, you know, have at it. Darwin Nunes made it 3-3 on 82 minutes. Jean Mario bursts through the middle. Again, the flag goes up. He squares it to Darwin Nunes, and Darwin finishes brilliantly. It's a great finish past Ali. Again, goes to VAR, and again, it's onside. This time it's Ibu playing uh, Jean Mario onside. They had, they had their tails up at that point. And, and I think they thought if they could get out of there with a win, even if they lost on aggregate, it would be a big deal for them. Darwin forced an incredible save from Ali on 83 minutes. It's an unbelievable volley from the edge of the box. And Ali gets down to save, save it. And it made it look routine. Ali made it look like the most simple thing in the world, but it was a really good save. And from there, the only thing that really happened of note is Bobby went off, Divock came on, ran around a bit, and Mo missed a good chance that Sadio tapped home, but Sadio was offside. Aside from that, it was, it was all fairly nondescript in the last few minutes. Some of our players played really well last night. Some of them did not. Can't be bothered getting into it. If you want to hear more about that, listen to Raw from last night. 
one player who really stood out was Costas. Now, Bobby was given the highest player rating by the outlets, but Costas was awarded the official man of the match, and rightly so. And there's a lot of talk about Costas today and what should Liverpool do with him. Now, obviously, this is year two for Costas since he joined from Olympiacos. And last season, he barely got to play. This season, every time he's played, he's looked pretty impressive. Now, he has three years left on his contract. So there's no issue with that. But some people are saying, and I've said this before, he's that good. He may not want to stick around and be a backup. The one way to maybe convince him to stick around and be a backup is to pay him a bunch of money. So if we were to look at giving Costas an improved contract, I'd certainly be in favour of it. Given how important our fullbacks are, I don't know that I'd necessarily have any issue with us overpaying on wages for quality backup fullbacks. I think Costas is also a shining example of why we need to go this summer and buy a good backup at right back. Because when Robbo was out, we lose very little. Costas is a better crosser of the ball and a far better set-piece taker than Andy Robertson is. Robbo's a better defensive player and a better ball carrier. But there's not a whole lot between them. And if Robbo's earning 150 grand a week, there'd be no issue with paying Costas 100 grand a week if he's happy to stay in that backup role and get... I don't know, 20 starts a season across all competitions and a handful of substitute appearances, rack up a load of medals. And then when he's 28, 29, maybe he moves on or maybe Andy Robertson moves on. Maybe Andy Robertson wants to go and finish out his career with Celtic in a couple of years. Andy Robertson is, of course, I think he's 28 years of age, just turned 28. If we got two more good years out of Robbo, at which point Costas would be 28, Rob would be 30. That wouldn't be a bad plan. But I see a lot of people today talking about, well, Costas is a top five left back in the league, and I do agree with that. So I thought, let's have a look at the other teams in the Premier League. Who would he start for? So he doesn't get in at City. Let's be clear. Joe Canseo is really, really good. So he doesn't get in at City. Is Ben Chilwell any better than him? I'm not sure he is. If he is, it's very, very marginal. I really like Regulon, but I think Simicus as an overall player is a better player than Regulon. He's certainly a better defensive player. I think I'd take Kieran Tierney over Costas. He's better than Cresswell. I think he's better than Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw's had one great season at United. There was no fans in the stands. I think he's mentally weak. He's inconsistent. And he's injury prone. He's also very basic in his attacking work. And his delivery is not great. I, I think I would take Costas over Luke Shaw. 
I love Aiden Uri. He's going to be spectacular, but Costas is a better player right now. Leicester have Luke Thomas and Timothy Castanier. Costas is better than both. They do play James Justin there sometimes. I think I would take Justin over Costas, but he's not actually their left back. And I think he's going to be the right back next season because I have a feeling Ricardo Pereira could leave. So Costas would start for Leicester. He's better than Tyreek Mitchell. I I, I like Mitchell. He's very good defensively, but very limited going forward. Costas is better than him. I think he's a better overall player than Mark Cucurella, who I do like, but I think he's a better player than him. He's a much better defensive player than Luca Dina. I think he's a better in-play crosser of the ball. I think he takes a better corner kick. Dina takes a great free kick, but Dina is terrible defensively. He's better than Rico Henry. He's better than Perot or Kyle Walker-Peters. He's better than Matt Target. He's better than Junior Furpo. Michael Enko is a centre-back playing left-back. Costas is a better left-back than him. He's better than Charlie Taylor. He's better than Hassan Kamara. And he's better than Brandon Williams or Giannolis at Norwich. So, Canseo, Robbo, Tierney, they're my top three. Chilwell, Costas. I think he's the fifth best left back in the league. You can make arguments for one or two. You could make an argument for Regulon. You can make an argument for Dina. You can make an argument for Luke Shaw. But I think there's big fundamental flaws in all of their games. You can make an argument for Mark Cucurella as well. I think Cucurella, Dina and... Regulon are all suspect defensively. They're also quite short and they can be targeted aerially. I think he's every bit going every bit as good going forward as any of them. And I think he's a better defensive player than any of them. I think Cucurella is actually better than the other two. I'd probably have him sixth. Again, with Shaw, you can say he's England's number one. That doesn't really mean anything to me. You can say, you know, he had that great season last year. Again, there are no fans. No fans. Joe Willock had a great year last year. Jesse Lingard had a great year last year. But when there's no fans there, it's basically, you always hear about players that are incredible in training. Stuart Downing was meant to be phenomenal in training. There's no fans there. You put him in a match situation with a packed house and all of a sudden he starts to shrink. And I think the same is true of Luke Shaw. Now, Luke Shaw obviously doesn't shrink physically because he's a bigger boy, but mentally, I think he shrinks. I think Costas is... If he's not the fifth best, he's in the argument for or in the conversation for that number five spot. I think there's I think there's a clear top three. Do you know, I think he could even be in the conversation for four. Because Chilwell isn't good defensively. Chilwell scored a couple of big goals for Chelsea that I think have skewed how people view him. 
as Guy points out, Kieran Tierney's often injured. So you've got that factor as well. I mean, Costas is also a better defender than Joe Canseo. Canseo is just really special with what he can do on the ball. There's a there's Robo and there's Canseo. Then there's Tier- Tierney. I think Tierney could be in that top two conversation if he was fitter, if he, if he wasn't hurt as much. I think he's the best leader of the group as well. I know Robbo's the Scottish captain, but I think Tierney has more leadership to his game. After that, I, I think Costas is right in that mix. You could sell me on him being the fourth best left back in the league, or you can make compelling arguments that Regulon, Dina, Cucurella, Shaw and Chilwell all go ahead of him. But at very worst, what's that, ninth? So you're telling me we've got two, two of, at worst, the nine best left-backs in the league? That's pretty special. Considering I would also argue that we have four of the ten best centre-backs in the league. Virgil's the best. I think Matip is probably top four this season. And I think Kanate and Gomez are in the top 10 overall. We've got the best right back. If we could solve that backup right back spot, and it's easily done for us because we can sell Nico and Nat this summer, that'll bring in 20 to 22 million. You could lump most of that, if not all of that, on a backup right back, a Ridley Baku, a Jed Spence, a Jeremy Frimpong, a Isaiah Jones from Middlesbrough, Jaden Bogle, he'd be a cheaper option, but there's a big upside. For 22 million, you could maybe even get Max Ahrens. And you get him in the building for a couple of years, develop him. But we're in a very strong position. And like I said, with Costas, I'm not against overpaying him to stick around. We've been overpaying Milner for years. For seven years, we've overpaid James Milner because intangibles. But Costas actually offers something on the pitch. Overpay him. Keep him. Make sure he wants to stay. Make him feel appreciated. Moving around the main Liverpool sites, this is Anfield heavy post-match reaction. Henry Jackson put this together with Dan Club and Matt, Matt Lawson, Matt Ladson rather. Uh, Matt Lawson, I think, writes for the Mail, maybe. Uh, so they've done the good, the bad, and the eleven versus Man City. So the good they've talked about the squad depth. And they've talked about the fact that we're in the European Cup semi-final uh, and we'll face Villarreal there. The bad, uh, conceding three times. James Milner. Jordan Henderson. Yeah. James Milner, Jordan Henderson. I mean, they were the two worst players in the pitch last night. It is what it is. 
that should be Milner's last start. The only place for James Milner on a football field now is if we're 3-0 up with five minutes to go. The guy can't play. He just can't play. At this point, Milner doesn't start for any Premier League team. Uh, so 11s for Man City. Dan goes. Allison. Trent, Ibu, Virgil, Robbo, Fabinho, Thiago, Keita, Salah, Mane and Bobby. Henry goes. Ali. Trent, Matip, Van Dijk, Robertson, Fabinho, Thiago, Keita, Salah, Mane, Firmino. And Matt went Allison, Trent, Ibu, Virgil, Robbo, Fabinho, Thiago, Thiago, Keita, Salah, Salah, Mane, Diaz. Um, so all three of them going for the Fabinho, Thiago, Keita midfield. I think most people would agree. Uh, anyone suggesting that that's not Liverpool's best midfield now is just purely lying to themselves. Um, I think I would go with Ibu at centre-back. I don't think I'd risk Joel for third game in a week. Um, Trent, Virgil and Robbo all come back in. Up front is going to be interesting. I'd be inclined to go Salah, Bobby, Diaz and keep Mane and Jota in reserve and really try and wind Sadio up so that when you send him on, he just wants to go on and kill everybody in the Man City shirt. City are going to be absolutely exhausted as well, by the way. If you haven't seen what happened to them last night, uh, they got kicked all around the Madrid pitch, uh, the Atletico Madrid pitch, and really put to work. So very, very fortunate to get through, but they're through as well. On to Liverpool.com. Uh, Pep Guardiola is in big trouble. Yeah, Pep came out and said after the game that they are in big trouble. They've had a number of injuries and they can only wait and see as to what they're going to have available. Uh, Liverpool have called the bluff of Mohamed Salah agent as Jurgen Klopp could make drastic change. Liverpool and Man City set to go head-to-head in £42 million transfer. Aurelien Chouameni. It's just nonsense. He's not going to go to City to be the backup to Rodri. They're not going to buy him. He, he can't play as an eight in their system. He's not that type of player. He can play an eight in our system because we play differently. But he's not going to go to City. According to Football Insider, spoofer. Wayne Vesey is a spoofer. Darwin Nunes accepts Jurgen Klopp compliments. Keep complimenting him, Jurgen. Keep complimenting him and then go and buy him. Darwin was so good again last night. He's such a good player. Uh, Liverpool can hijack agreed Arsenal transfer and use error to get uncanny bargain replacement. Liverpool may already have an overload at centre-back, but an Arsenal transfer mistake might just open an opportunity that is too tempting to turn down. Is this Bremer again? Oh, no. 
it's Costas Mavroponis, uh, the player that Arsenal stupidly uh, let go to Stuttgart. Stuttgart have an obligation to buy this summer for peanuts, absolute peanuts. And uh, he's had a really good season. I don't know that he's won for us, but he'd certainly be better for Arsenal than Rob Holding. Uh, Jurgen Klopp can find Liverpool's own Kevin De Bruyne in familiar transfer scouting destination. Is this the kid at Salzburg again? Okay, this piece mentions Jeremy Doku. It mentions Kamaldin Suleimana. Oh, no, it's Lovro Meyer. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be against this. He is he is a lot of fun. Whether he's good enough or not, I, I'm not 100% sure. But he's a lot of fun to watch. And he is only, what, 24? I wouldn't be against it. I really wouldn't. I probably need to see another season of him at Ren. But, yeah, he, he's really good. Really, really good. And And... If we could get him in at a decent price, it would be a sensible move. Uh, the type of player that could be a starter, depending on you know whether he actually... I do think he's good enough, but it's just a matter of seeing him do it consistently enough. When he's at his best, he's sensational. But you could put him in that right-sided eight role and then have... Harvey is sort of the backup slash, you know, student to Myers mastership. Um, Myers only 24, like I said, but he's obviously well advanced in terms of development in comparison to where Harvey is. Uh, Anfieldindex.com, there are player ratings up from last night and there is a post-match draw with myself, Trev and Carl Matchett. There is the new Under Pressure, if you haven't listened to that. And the latest Rape Don't Hate is there as well. So plenty to listen to when you get a chance. And that's me for today, folks. I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.